1: Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm
0: Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. We do have multiple locations throughout the Cincinnati area. Milford is our headquarters, but we also have locations in Blue Ash,
1: Westchester, and Florence. And Greg, what's our topic for today? Today is how behavioral biases, multiple there, can affect your investment success. Now, here's just a kind of a blanket statement to burn into the tapestry of your mind, and it would be, learn how to take emotion out of investing to help you be successful in retirement. And that's a bit formulaic for life, if you think about it learn how to take blank okay how about leave it as emotion out of what investing in this case but take emotion out of fill in the blank with anything else in life to help you be successful in what in this case retirement so you already know it's true that taking out emotion in many different circumstances and situations provides you a more positive more uh let's see successful opportunity or probability of success in any avenue of life including And specifically investing, because you'll get into timing and market time and track record investing, chasing returns and things that just are just not healthy for you and your money uh, over any period of time. So if you are out there and have recently retired or plan to retire, say, in the next three to five years, you might just be feeling a bit anxious about this, perhaps even overwhelmed. You know, making smart financial decisions for retirement, it's no easy task so it 's understandable if you start to feel some pressure as you approach that goal line now it 's human nature, James we all know human nature that emotions and behavioral biases they impact influence, and for some of us, it can even control aspects of our decision making and For some of us, uh, these impulse decisions lead to well they lead to bad decisions they undermine in this case investment success, and they can hinder the overall retirement outlook because it becomes like a bowl of scrambled eggs. You just don't know how it's going to turn out yet. If you've never really done it before for most people, you've not scrambled and cooked these eggs of retirement and you get like a one and done approach. Rarely do you get any form of a do-over. So if you learn, excuse me, if you, if you're out there willing to learn, willing to be coached and led uh, as a team and with a focus being overcoming the emotions and behavioral biases in this subject of retirement, you can make more informed investment decisions because that's what we do. We come alongside and help you with information and analysis recommendations. We make adjustments along the way, mid course all the way until the successful retirement event in reality becomes just that real. And we're hoping that all that is exactly what you've always hoped and dreamed for. So James, you asked what's today's show about? Well, we're here to explain some of the common behavioral bias. If you, if you'll just, um, if you will to spend a few moments allowing us to show you ways to take emotion out of the equation as you invest your hard-earned dollars, uh, it'll sure help you be successful, more successful anyway, in retirement. So those are just some introductory you know, thoughts about focus on behavior, biases, focus on emotions, extracting emotion from it. Use emotion to be a healthy a metaphor, let's say, rather than um, something that can just be a drag factor and an anchor. Just don't want that. So, James, are there some questions people might want to consider on this subject in particular? Yes, the thought-provoking
0: questions are tie in today's show. So, for starters, we know it's easier said than done when it comes to controlling your emotions. Someone can very, very simply say, don't worry about it. It's easy for them to say, but it's much more difficult for you to do is to simply not worry about it, especially when it comes to your retirement dollars. But for starters, what exactly are behavioral biases? And breaking it down into some granular details, what is the snake bite effect? We hear that quite often where people say, well, as soon as I invest in a market, that's when the market's going to tank.
1: In Oklahoma, that snake bit. Yes. How can overconfidence
0: impact me or the collective we when it comes to retirement? What is fear of regret and how do I avoid letting this affect my retirement plan, this particular behavioral bias? What is the disposition effect? What are some common risks in retirement that need to be prepared for? What can I control when it comes to my retirement plan? That's even if you have a plan. And what should I look for for when choosing a financial advisor to work with in order to help develop a retirement plan? What steps can be taken to help at least mitigate emotions? Maybe not get them all the way out of your investment decisions, but at least keep them under control is maybe the point of what we're trying to make today. And then how can my financial advisor help to take emotions out of investing and build a plan that allows us, we, me, to have confidence in
1: retirement? That's that team approach, that coaching, counseling probably the the greatest value we can provide other than solid investment management and overall financial planning is the guidance. And it comes at the toughest times. It usually comes when a consumer investor client is kind of freaking over the news and noise of the day, the markets, the volatility, election cycles, winners and losers, and how people feel positioned between these seemingly diabolically opposed forces. And then falling prey to so much editorializing not journalism, about money, markets, investing, just so many inputs to be confused by. So what is the source of good information? Where do you find the voice of reason that is looking out for you and not others or not themselves first? As fiduciary advisors, our number one task is to provide you um, investment advice that's fee-based and without a conflict of interest to remove bias from the equation. If there's a bias, it's our bias for you to succeed on purpose and not happenstance. So rather than talking about your typical retirement topics as investment vehicles, 401ks and pensions, social security, et cetera, we just want to shed some light on emotions and how they can have a huge impact, very huge impact, huge you know on your retirement. Now, often people come into our office and they think they have the retirement puzzle solved. Uh, We'll kind of look down and see it somewhat uh, scrambled and not looking like the picture on the box. So obviously what we want to do is Is Find out those goals and objectives, those needs, those purposes of money, those life choices, those life goals, and then align those puzzle pieces more properly to create the actual picture that folks are wanting. They're intimating, they're describing, but it's different oftentimes than what they thought. It's not what they do. It's what we do. They did what they did throughout life. And here we we just have our thing, you know, uh, doing all things holistically for financial services and investment management, insurance, advisory, tax advisory, tax preparation, estate planning, uh, just, you know, Medicare solutions, transitions to Social Security, making lump sum pension buyout and pension decisions, dropping it inside an income plan for your overall comprehensive financial plan and just orchestrating and coaching and leading All that together—that is all of the components. Those are all the components that belong in the in the puzzle box picture. Now, getting your pieces cast into that and projected forward—that's the goal. When that's done, it fits like a perfect pair of shoes. You know, it's just important, or a glove—the glove that needs to be just right. Now, anyway, that's. It's not to say that's not you know impossible for someone to to uh, you know just have, I guess, serendipity success, you might say, that even with some rash decisions along the way and emotions getting the best of them, they still somehow stumble into success? No, I guess that can happen. But do you want to leave your retirement success, your uh, what's left for your surviving spouse success and continuation of your your story, and even later, your legacy, what you leave behind? Do you want to leave that to more of a happenstance approach Do you want to leave it to your first attempt at retirement because you've never done it before? Do you want to leave it to your own investment management just because you've had some lucky years in a bull market and you feel pretty confident you can handle this, you got this? I would say emphatically, no, don't do that. We want to help you. We want to help you, including avoiding some of the biases that will affect your investment and retirement success. Well, here's an example. This is a family member who recently decided that,
0: and you mentioned market timing, so his idea of market timing was last week to invest in Virgin Galactic, Richard Branson doing his space shot up into what was attempting to be into outer space. Turns out Richard Branson fell a little bit short on the goal of how high he's going to get. And as a result, this week, what the what that particular stock has done is it's lost about 20% of its value. So family member who decides, hey, I know how to time the market, I'm going to buy this particular stock ahead of time, ahead of this particular space launch, and my stock is gonna go up 20%. Well, wrong, it went down 20% instead. So market timing is once in a while, the lucky stock picking does work out, but by and large, that's not a prudent way to invest, especially when it comes
1: to retirement dollars. Very good point. You don't create the time, you don't create the moment you engage in a pathway of preparation and planning that allows these successes and these ambitions and goals to become reality as you ebb and flow and evolve throughout retirement. Our phone about the office, 513-575-9654.
0: Call us we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox Station. LLC, Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted.
1: Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown and I'm James Borth and We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are
0: independent. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number at the office five one three five seven five nine six five four Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester,
1: and Florence. Greg? Well, as we continue on how behavioral bias can affect your investment success, we're going to pick up with uh, James' emotions. A couple more thoughts on emotions.
0: Yes, emotions, yeah, they can be hard to deal with, especially when it comes to your money, your nest egg, whatever is invested in the market. Usually the stock market, but it could be other markets as well. And typically when we see markets going up, so too does our money. And what do we want? We want more. But if the market's dropping, oh, I don't know, somewhat significantly like it did back in March of 2020 or back in 2008, 2009, early parts of 2009, that's when the fear sets in. That's when we start to panic and we want to sell out of the market immediately. That's one of the worst behaviors we have seen people do from time to time is that they experienced a the market loss like back in March of 2020. And then right before April began, they're like, I'm gonna to go to cash. And we tried to talk them out of it. This is for some of our clients, by the way, not the majority of them, but some of them. And they still insisted on going to cash. And so what happened is they essentially lost twice. They experienced all the downside of the market And then they missed all the tremendous upside that the recovery would have otherwise brought.
1: Really bought the losses by selling at the lows. Pardon me. And um, you see that a lot, that people fail to recognize that over three, five, seven, ten years, the rest of their forever. If invested at the appropriate risk and they'll own and hold that risk level, they'll actually experience what would be an incremental band of wealth building over time. A top band and a lower band. And the market will bound and range up and down in between that band. But over time, that band is at a slightly upward and diagonal vertical increasing uh, growth, you know, direction, if you will. And you can't pick those highs. You can't pick those lows. Just ride in between those bands and over time, value of money, appropriate risk, invested properly, taking the money that you need that's appropriate for an income plan for the cash flow, which is retirement, you can succeed. It's the capital markets that matter. It's the dynamics of owning portions of companies all over the planet with different weights by dollar in different markets or within markets uh, over time. As we tilt and adjust for where value is, that makes all the difference. Stocks fluctuate in value. That's just a fact. Owning the best stocks or among the best stocks is a great solution. And when the market's up or down, quality stocks still show, uh, if you will, a return. They still throw off dividends. Those dividends can provide sometimes all or most of your cash flow needs. So you can let the market value journey up, down and sideways, but generally over time, increasing in its base of, of appreciation and growth. So you can have your cake and eat it too over time. You don't control time. We don't control time. Enjoy the time within your plan and, and experience the success that goes with that. Yeah, marketing, market timing really almost of any kind whatsoever is, is a loser's game. And it's a shame to make retirement the loser in your life because you do not want to outlive your money. I mean, wouldn't you agree? You just don't want to do that. Oh, sure. But as far as the two main emotions, fear and greed, also known as greed
0: and fear. Yes, those are the two that drive the stock market. And they also drive how people manage their investments, their retirement accounts. And typically what we see for the successful investors, they're the ones who actually don't let the fear or the greed control their investment decisions. That's where having a plan in place, and yes, successful investors do have a plan in place that's designed to weather a market correction, and it allows for you know the emotions at least to not really control or dictate what they invest in or how they invest in and when they invest. So there are many other emotions or behavioral biases that we're going to get through to today's show that play a role in investment success or maybe the lack thereof. And, you know, once again, our funder about the office, 513-575-9654. Call us to schedule a complimentary consultation with one of our qualified advisors. And again,
1: 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Greg? Well, let's just let's just understand that markets can be volatile, right? And volatility brings opportunity, by the way. It allows stocks to... Go on sale, you know, quality stocks that were overvalued, higher priced, come down in price and provide an opportunity to buy. Over time, that's a, that's a very helpful mathematical uh, fact. So, you know, most everything in the world around us is volatile in some way, shape or form. So it gives us all the more reason to start being proactive with your retirement plan uh, so that can withstand the volatility. You know, let's equip it with the right shock absorbers up front through the proper risk tolerance. So you're taking the right risk or the right return over time Owning that risk like you would own that car with its shock absorbers, which with its, its springs, you know, to keep you on the road at a comfortable ride that's right for you. You know, whether it's a Corvette for some or a Cadillac for others or something between, don't forget a pickup truck. They can be very practical, too. You might need a more practical retirement. We have solutions for all of these just to, again, draw against you know, big picture concepts. Um, there are real product services techniques, strategies, methodologies that are repeatable to help you succeed. And anyway, common investor behavioral biases, huh? Well, potentially damaging behaviors, obviously lead to inaccurate decisions when it comes to investing. Emotions can have a huge impact on investment success during the working years. And also during the retirement, your accumulation and distribution phase, jumping down to a few, you know, let's, let's pinpoint something like overconfidence. Uh, It's just, it's, it just like it sounds right overconfidence simply thinking they have a better piece of information or angle or insight and you're better at interpreting information that other investors might have and you're just better than all of them and and oftentimes even the experts you might think you've got a leg up on overconfidence it's that form of arrogance in any other pathway of life doesn't work out so well it might in the mind of the person who's overconfident but everyone else around them sees it for what it is keep in mind well, no one's perfect. None of us are perfect, including the analysts and experts themselves. But it's unlikely the average investor will have better information with their own sources and analytical skills than the experts, the market analysts, the team that's dedicated to doing this day in, day out, all the time, and then blending their notes and working as a committee and advising us as we advise you. You know, it's powerful. I'd say it's more antidotal and more, much more powerful. Worst case, it's antidotal on a given day. In most cases, it is just flat out powerful, blended in with the strategy, with a method, with a plan, with your purpose and your success in mind. You know, oftentimes you'll find yourself chasing returns instead of capturing them. And you'll end up being a day late and a dollar short. Not a good outcome. Another common one that we see
0: is something called fear of regret. So this particular bias is one where, say, for example, you're holding on to an investment that's dropped in price. And the hope or the expectation, but mainly it's the hope, that it's going to rebound to the extent that it can then be sold without regret. So it's almost like the gambler who wants to break even before he walks away from the table. We see this most often with people who have large sums of money in their own company stock. It's also common when someone is quite fond of a certain company or a particular, mm, let's just say company, And they allow their emotions with that particular stock or company to rule their logical or otherwise logical decision-making. So think about this. If you hold on to your losing stocks and sell your winners, then what do you have left? You're likely going to have a portfolio that only includes the losers. So remember, the long-term goal of investing is not just to buy and sell stocks at favorable points. The goal is to build wealth over time. So another bias or behavior that we see is something called seeking of pride. So the seeking of pride really is the opposite of the fear of regret. This is when you're selling an investment simply to experience the joy of boasting about it, how much you've made on it. So hindsight, of course, being twenty twenty. but take, for example, and yes, there are people who've done this and done quite well at it. The investor who bought a $10,000 worth of, of Amazon stock, back in 1997 at its at its original IPO, the initial public offering. And then sold it for a quick 20% gain of $2,000. Not a bad deal. You want to you want to turn a profit, right? Obviously, this is nice in the short term, but if they had held on to that particular stock over the next 20 plus years, their portfolio, that initial $10,000 investment would now be worth well over $5 million. I know this is an extreme example considering how Amazon has grown over time, but nevertheless, it has happened to many people over the years where the seeking of pride has gotten the better of them. Our phone about the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned and listening to The Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. the Talk Station.
1: Welcome back to the Sound Many Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James
0: Board and We are an independent RIA, a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. And it really does all start with having a plan. That means knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, IRA rollover, investment strategies, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, Social Security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at com. and our home office is in Milford, but we
1: also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. All right, James, let's continue with, unfortunately, the behavioral biases. That can affect investment success for people, our listeners, our even our, our, our existing clients. If we can't be effective in downtime and challenging markets, to to kind of get up close and advise and coach and console through those more difficult times, then a lot of what we're about to bring up will be the outcome. So let's look at this. So more of these um, these biases. Uh, number four, if you're keeping count, house money effect. The house money effect is. Equating gains as winnings and taking larger than normal risks since they were market-driven additions to your original investment. Okay, Taking those larger risks could jeopardize your gains and possibly turn those gains into losses. See this in two ways. One is a person will say, look, I'm so far up, I can increase my risk because I'm really playing in the house's money. I'm playing the gains generated by the market. So then when they take more risk and they're not really tolerant of it, when the market turns, they panic. And then they sell low. And they give up more than just the gains they because they took on too much more risk. Their account in turbulent, volatile times will go down further, right? Higher risk, higher reward. Well, the higher risk part kicks in and that's not good. Something else we see people do, they try to treat it like it's some kind of game of blackjack, if you will. And this is how much I know. I know that people will take a certain amount of money to one of those tables. They'll start playing and if they get up by some degree, They'll start transitioning to playing out of their winnings. Well, in some games that might make sense, but in the game of life, the game of retirement, what you're really doing is when you take off those gains from good times, you're reducing your balance back down towards the original principal. So when the bear market hits, it eats from your principal. And, and then what did you do with your gains? A part of the story of average rate of return or returns over you know, time value of money over long periods of time is taking the good and the bad time through your portfolio. So the gains build up to principle to be invested and flourish in good times, opportunistic, optimistic times. And then there's more of all of the above to absorb the shock of the downside of the market and still remaining deployed and not selling out and owning the losses. It allows that capital to work together and, and germinate over again in the, the recovery portion. And over long periods of time, that's a winning formula. Studies research over and over an annual report from dalbar does nothing but confirm, confirm, confirm that what I just said to you is true and what you might do to yourself is less than truth. And you know what they say about less than the truth. It's still a, well, you know what that word is. How about number five, snake bite effect. This is being unwilling to take on risk or avoiding a particular investment once it has dropped in value. The downside of avoiding investments that have dropped in value is possibly missing out on the future potential gains from buying that particular investment at an you know, a very favorable lower price. So this is where fundamentals come in. We'll know when a stock that's down in price is in fact also undervalued versus just down in price, you know, downtrodden, worthless. I wouldn't touch that with a stick. You know, there is a difference there. Just because it's down in value doesn't make it a bad investment. It may be a great opportunity, but that snake bite effect could keep you from realizing that. And some of these biases are not entirely
0: bad. It's just simply we're categorizing them as what they are, which is to say they are biases. Now, another one is trying to break even. And this is when you're attempting to recoup your losses quickly by, in effect, doubling down on the amount of risk that you otherwise would take. So once again, if you have a certain risk allocation of of how you're wired internally, your personality as as an investor, if you're typically a 75-25 blend or even a 60-40 blend, that doesn't mean that being 100% at equities risk is the proper allocation. But this is what we tend to see when people try to break even, is they want to recoup their losses quickly by increasing their risk, perhaps doubling down in, in their losses, but with the attempt to maybe break even before they then sell out
1: of that particular stock or fund. Yeah, we kind of call that the baby milk money syndrome. Where you've, you've stayed, you played, and you lost money, and now you have to go home. So before you go home, you need to make up the money you lost because you need to get the baby the milk. You just don't play with your baby's milk money. Uh, none of this is play money, as you know. And you shouldn't take on different variations of risk to try to compensate for anything. You should take and own your risk, hold on to that risk, and enjoy the journey to up, down, and sideways in the average building wealth over time, minus the cash flow you need for subsistency. It works there's nothing new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Well, I think there's some investment truths here that people would be very wise to adhere to. The, The whole point of that one is don't throw good money after bad by taking
0: unnecessary risks, which could result in even greater losses. Another one that we see is something called reference points. That's where you're making buy and sell decisions in terms of gains and losses relative to certain, again, reference points, such as planning to sell a stock when it reaches a predetermined price. Not necessarily a bad behavior, but it's just simply it's one of these that you should be aware of. Familiarity. Once again, not entirely a bad thing because this is investing in companies or cities, municipalities, or other entities with which you are most familiar. Now, when I say it's not entirely bad, but it's when you only invest in these companies that you're familiar with that it could be quite limiting in your overall investment success. So yes, this does happen often and it can be okay for a portion of your portfolio, but once again, not all of your portfolio, maybe not even, well, let's just say what typically happens is you're passing up other investments or asset classes with better investment potential.
1: That can kind of get messed up. That can become a love triangle of sorts. Do not fall in love with your investments. Some of the familiarity, James, too, in a big city like this, where you have large corporations, P&G, Kellogg, Cincinnati, Bell... GE, etc. You have people that will fall in love with their company stock or they'll just fall in love with a certain heirloom investment and keep it like it's a collection. And you better just keep it as a collection because once you make that emotional transition, you've left the investment sphere and have entered into collectible. And I love this and this is iconic. Then it will disappoint you because you've deviated from a real purpose. Now, it's not to say you can hold some eclectic portion of a portfolio and something that's near and dear to you. But Please let it go in terms of expectation of investing because you don't know the outcome of that. You have to buy right, sell right, and buy again after you realize a gain. You unrealize it in that next investment. It's all relative. It's all relevant. And just be careful with some of these. And not just the companies, but also the asset classes because we see some of these
0: get really infatuated with the metals, whether it be gold, silver, or something like that. And maybe it's from watching too much, uh, I don't know, TV commercials yeah. of these people wanting to sell the gold and the silver. If it's such an overwhelmingly great investment, why are they selling it? That's a fool's game.
1: We'll see people get way in over their head by percentage of total assets held. Don't know what they're doing. They've been sweet talk. They, they have a political bent worldview that just because the other party's in power, the world as we know it has already ended. And we'll get the memo soon. Therefore, inflation, runaway inflation, this and that, gold's the only solution baloney, total bogus baloney. You know, if anything, if you get that weakness in the knees and get the shakes and quivers, you got to have a fix for some metals. We do have a precious metals portfolio that holds several metals, uh, metals in mining, the distribution points, the distributor channels, distribution channels. All collectively are weighted by dollar weights relative to shifts in the metal market because, you know, silver can fall out of favor and gold might be the next shiny thing. No pun intended and vice versa. But, you know, there are people just don't go all in 15, 20 percent just because, you know, some guy on the radio or some journalist or some smart money magazine, when it's not even smart at all. It's really a politically driven um, metric that's trying to to create shed light on some kind of um, controversy or calamity. And then they'll slip in with the quote unquote solution. And then based on your worldview or political bent, you'll fall for it. Don't fall for it. That's a form of what we're talking about here. Take emotions like that. Geopolitics, national politics, Congress critters, budgets, bad budgets, stimulus. You gotta take that out of the equation. It doesn't have anything directly to do with investing. And what it has directly something to do with is your untimely failure it's always untimely. Failure doesn't come right on time. It comes at the worst possible time. I just can't go on enough about that. That was a good example. There are many other examples when it comes to bad investment choices. And don't do it. Just come in. Let someone else hold the wheel with you or instead of you when it comes to this. All right. Our phone number
0: at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC
1: Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Media Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm
0: Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for Main Street and not Wall Street. Our founder at the office, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at com, And our home offices is in Milford, but we also have
1: locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? James, behavioral biases. We've been going down the list and sharing some of the concerns that can affect investment success uh, pre and post and during retirement, all phases. We left off with number nine, mental accounting classifying your investments by account such as retirement, education, IRAs, 401k, etc. instead of by asset classes. It's important to keep all your accounts in mind and manage them as one large portfolio. One large portfolio allows you to, well, do this, ensure that you have proper diversification, not over diversification. Owning a bunch of stuff is not proper diversification. So we want appropriate and proper diversification. How is that done? Well, by limiting redundancies, overlaps, and cost inefficiencies in your portfolio. If you're owning the same thing in your 401k, in general, what you are in your IRAs, in general, what you are in your retirement education accounts, etc., and you're owning the same asset classes and positions redundantly, then in essence, you're not becoming more efficient or properly diversified. You're just probably improperly and over diversified. And when that happens, you get watered down returns. Some of the good things, some of the mediocre things, and some of the not good things at all get all averaged out, cancelled out, and can be dragged down into gross underperformance, deviation from benchmarks, and you're just taking more risk than you are getting returns. You're not getting paid for the risk you're taking. So just elements like that. And representative here's a here's a mouthful if you're ready for this word. Representativeness. Representativeness. Associating a specific characteristic as a representative of future success or failure, such as equating a good company with a good stock. Not all good companies do well in the stock market. It's important to see the whole picture, the fundamental aspects in order to make an informed investment decision. You know, I, here's an example. It's not the best example, but let's say you wanted to invest in the finest, best, most robust, f- the the engineering that has never been repeated in all of human history in a company that makes horse-drawn wagons. It's the best company in making horse-drawn carriages and wagons, but you see there's a problem in the context of time, the market, consumerism, demand. So you know that's probably an oversimplified one, but you'd be surprised where people will take a bias of getting something that represents something they perceive good. But in the, in the backdrop of investment success and possibilities, probabilities, and potentiality of it becoming a profitable investment, it's just, it's a total deviation.
0: The next one's known as the endowment effect. This is where you place extra value on investments that you already own, and you feel a personal loss. It's like admitting you're wrong on giving them up. So now keep in mind that the investment, whether it be a stock, bond, mutual fund, ETF, it doesn't know that you own it, and it really doesn't care that you own it. So don't fall in love with the individual assessments. Let me try try that again. <laughs> don't fall in love with your individual investments. Be willing to move on if the price is right or sometimes when the price isn't entirely wrong or
1: simply to seek better investment opportunities. I can relate to that. You just have that emotional connection with something that, you know, your mama raised you to be a winner. Winners don't quit. And you just won't quit on a certain investment, even though it's done everything it can to tell you Quit, quit already. (laughs) Run for the hills. And then
0: uh, disposition effect. This is when we start reacting, not acting, but reacting to the news, the media releases on company specific items, but neglecting to react. Once again, not acting, but reacting to the macroeconomic developments going on. So this type of behavior often leads to buying and selling investments at the least opportune times. It's like doing the opposite of what should be otherwise be done. So now think about this. Anything that you see or hear on the news, those talking heads on TV, for example, that means that this has already been absorbed by the market. So the news on the investment that you read or see on TV likely, very likely, has already been factored into the price that is on Wall Street. And that's often because Wall Street is ahead of the average investor. Once again, the average investor in terms of the access of information and the ability to act versus react.
1: So true. I tell you, behavioral bias, we've kind of like we've hit pretty hard. You get it. You need to to build a cohesive plan. And um, more than likely, you just should not try to figure all this out on your own. It's just not something that you want to get less than most best or less correct than you deserve and then outright no real do-overs it's just too much to risk why do it we work for you we'll analyze your current investments we'll make recommendations on an income plan provide a comprehensive overall financial plan we'll help with insurance components of fully insuring some part of your nest eggs against loss provide guarantees of income through fully insured instruments if you're looking for an extra quote-unquote social security check or self-funded pension We'll look at the appropriate parts of your money that should go into the market at the right risk to remain liquid, to hedge inflation over long periods of time, provide and throw off some dividends to help with cash flow, and round out your successful investment story. Manage those positions, cycle them, tilt them on a monthly basis, make the adjustments from great companies to better companies to uh, ridding ourselves of less good companies, you know, keeping an eye to price to earnings ratios and real valuation of the stocks and companies, removing layers of bias And unnecessary filters that don't apply, redundancies, inefficiencies, overlaps, all the above, looking for stocks and funds with stocks that are low cost, that are lean, clean and mean, everything to help you really succeed. You know, and then we have, James, a couple of things here, longevity risk and inflation risk. Share some of that. Oh, yes. On longevity risk, this is where
0: retirees typically could spend 20, 25, 30 years in retirement. And you need to have a plan that's going to last at least as long as you do. Now, this gets even more challenging when you have the husband-wife team, so it's not just the me, it's the we that you need to account for to have this last not only throughout your own retirement, but also both of your retirements, and still have something to leave on to, hopefully, your beneficiaries, your heirs, as far as a legacy plan. Now, the next one, inflation risk, yes, it's rearing its ugly head again, it seems to be somewhat an inevitable part of our world, and yes, it's, a, it's something that's called transitory, but inflation always is transitory until it's not. So relatively speaking, inflation means that the purchasing power of our dollar has gone down. How much will it continue to go down? And then as the inflation occurs year after year, think about this. The cost of goods and services in comparison will also go up, whether it be health insurance, property taxes. Well, the good news about that is that, the asset known as our real estate has gone up. But it also means that the property taxes are going to go up. Sometimes they're going to go way up. Many other prices will also go up over time. So you need to have a plan that will account for inflation and make sure that your income
1: keeps up with the pace of inflation. Okay. Here's three that kind of group together. Volatility risk that relates to the most with the, well, the, the emotions, all the above that we've been discussing, volatility, you could be the volatile one, the market could be volatile and you react to it rather than act. There's a proper way to act. You get closer to retirement, the amount of volatility you'll allow in your portfolio should be appropriately adjusted and then held on to. And you, it should be less risk oriented than in you know, the accumulation phase. It doesn't have to be, but people can handle a lot of risk. shouldn't just stay aggressive. There's a benefit to having some fixed income in bonds, even though you can handle all equity risk. It just allows you through rebalancing to buy stocks on sale by selling off some bonds and vice versa, buying some, some bonds when stocks are down or up rather, you know, selling some of those gains and buying into the low side of the bond market and vice versa. Everyone's situation is different, but you need a plan for this. And a good rule of thumb is that you know here is, uh, let's say that the less money you have, the less cushion, uh, if you have the less cushion, the more volatility you'll feel, the less you can probably handle. That's why it's important to determine that risk and stay on that risk. I mean, you wouldn't replace your shock absorbers every 10 miles just because you need to adjust the ride again. You need to buy the right shock that absorbs the right range of volatility or chug holes and own that until that is worn out or seen its day. That's our active management teams directive is to find when to replace the different components of your ride throughout retirement expense risk. This involves the need to pay for the unknown life events. You know, over a long span of your retirement years, money that you save and use for routine costs will be able to absorb some occasional big ticket items that come up. So being invested properly with a bucket of money that's for near-term, comfort cash, emergencies, and liquidity, a mid-term bucket that's good for uh, solving for all your income needs, and then a long-term bucket that's invested long-term, maybe slightly higher risk because you don't have near-term dependency on it. And the, that bucket could be for you know surprise expenses, big ticket out-of-pocket items like this that we're talking about. Insolvency risk. It deals with outside sources of income, social security, pensions. You have to look at the reliability, sustainability. We factor all that in at your retirement to supplement any income needs from your other investments, of course. So here's what you can do take emotions out of investing, plan for retirement, contact us. We'll be your advocate. It's complimentary, it's without obligation, but you'll find it very beneficial. Our funder at the office, 513 575 9654. Again, 513
0: 575 9654. Call us, we can help. Now, thank you for listening today. Have a great week, and remember this sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.